So the question is that, you know, there are few hadiths which very often people refer to as it being somehow disrespect to the women or making women lower than the men. One of them is that the Prophet once said, in Uriyutu Kunna, I have been shown that women are the ones who are most in hellfire. That is, the women ask him why we are in, you know, more in, in hellfire. So because he said the reason is because you, know, you don't thank your husband. You know, and, uh, uh, so he mentioned like that. And then he said you know, uh, in one hadith, I never have seen anybody you know, who, take, who has, a, uh, who has a defect uh, in the mind reasoning and, uh, uh, and deen who can take away the mind of wise men more than the women. And said, <coughs> the Prophet said, uh, you know, those people who have made women as their leader, they can't succeed. The few hadiths like that, eh, people keep to one is basically, women have defect in the thinking, women have defect in the religion, women are in bigger number than the men in hellfire, women can't lead people, they can't be leaders. So this, and these hadiths are sahih, no doubt about that. Eh. But the problem really is people don't understand that Islam is a you know, complete religion. You know, don't make, don't understand anything in isolation. There are many things else which those women and the, and the companies knew. And then they learned this thing, so they understood actually what, what it means. So we need to understand the system properly. For example, you can see really, people can say in Islam, women are half of the men. And they can refer to two examples. One example is, the Quran says, uh, Men get double of the share of the women. One man will get share of the two women. And the Quran also said, if there are not two women, two men in the witness, then one man, two women. So now it means women are half of the men. This is a very wrong way to you know, drive any knowledge. You know, there are hundreds of the things in Islam, in the same Quran, where men and women both are the same. You take two examples and generalize. You can see like when a, a man accuses of his wife of adultery, then the Quran said the man has to witness four times and then fifth time he has to say this thing. Same way about women. Women have to say four times and the fifth time this thing. So many times the men and women, you know, when men prayers obligatory on the men and women, men have to pray same number of prayers as the women. It never says women have to pray double because they have less, you know, religious. Anything you go, all the time you can see the same ruling for men, same for women. Now two examples, you get three examples, and their differences. Now generalize, it is not right. The first thing, try to understand really where these rulings fit in Islam as a whole system. Everywhere else in Islam, there is no difference between men and women. Now you find difference here, to, you know, be careful about it. Even actually inheritance, in, in inheritance, people don't understand. This one example, where you can see men get double of the share of the women. But in the same Quran, the same, same Quran is in Hittite's law, it also mentioned that if somebody dies in a certain condition and then he leaves behind his parent. Then for each parent, father and mother, both of them, they will get one-sixth. You see, it does not say the father will get double of the, of the mother. Here it is same. Sometimes sisters and brothers, both are getting the same thing. It is same, same Quran mentioned. Actually, sometimes could be possible women get more than the men. People don't look. Same witnesses. You have seen one witness in Islam, but there are other witnesses where women and men both are equal. 
the witness and the witness is taken equally. And the Prophet actually judge on the, on the witness of the women alone, and in some cases. And the big cases, haram, case of haram, in one of the hadith in Bukhari, he said, I married someone, and then a lady came to my cell. You know, he is the mother of, milk mother of both of us. Now my wife became haram because she's my sister. I went to the Prophet in Medina, and he said, no, you can't have her as wife. Once somebody said, she, the one who said is a woman. But on the, her, her witness, the Prophet forbid it. And all of my mouths, everybody said, there are certain witnesses where the women are preferred over the men. The people, first thing is, this always keep in mind. Whenever you find something in Islam, you know, about men, or about, about anything, or which actually looks to you something different, something strange, then your duty is to study the whole thing properly. That what Quran says elsewhere. Then you can see, then you can say really in one case or two cases, people generalize. So this generalization that women are half of the men, or men are double of the women, is not right. It is two or three examples, you take them and you generalize them. Is it clear? The first thing is this generalization is not right. Now the question will be, but why the Prophet Quran makes in these few examples that exception? So that's a good question, that should be solved. So the question should be like that. The question should be, why in these examples, things like that happening? For this thing, second important, first thing I said, you know, you have to look at the whole Islam to make it as comprehensive and look in everywhere, don't generalize. Second thing very important actually is whenever Quran says something or whenever the Prophet says, they always speak in a context. People take that thing out, nobody says out of context. People always, even Quran, Quranic verses are in a context. In that context, they make a sense. Now in our time, many people have misused the Quran, Quranic verses, to use it out of context. Like Quran, the Quran says, Kill the mushrikeen wherever you get them. Wherever you find them. So now there are people saying, Quran says, kill the unbelievers wherever you find them. It's not like that. Did it ever happen? Who is the one who, is the one who obeys the, follows the Quran more? The Prophet did he kill unbelievers where he got them? No, it never happened to him. So then think really what it means. It has a certain contest. Contest basically is that the Quraysh people, they got a treaty with the Prophet and they should have respected the treaty. And treaty was, they will not kill anybody from the side, of the, from the allies of the Prophet and he will not kill anybody of them. But they killed, and not only they killed, when allies of the Prophet they took refuge in Mecca, in Haram, they even killed there, in the Haram. They did not respect anything. The Quran said, these people, now they don't deserve any mercy. Now declares the war against Quraysh. Now treaty is finished. Quran wants to make end of the treaty. Now you fight them and kill them. And even if they take refuge in haram, you still allowed to take, you know, kill them there. It is about this context. These people broke the treaty. Quran allows you are so can you are not the one who started this. Not for all the unbelievers. Context. Similarly, there are hadiths. The Prophet said that when somebody dies and people cry, so the people, who, the person who did, he is yadabul majjatu be bukai ahlihi alayhi. When somebody dies and the people cry, then the dead person is punished because of the crying of the people. The people say, you see, Aisha, the people told her, Aisha, that Umar and Ibn Umar and Abu Huraira and many companions, they narrated this hadith, the Prophet said. She said, Umar did not understand this thing. He said, what actually happened is, the Prophet was passing by a Jewish family. 
somebody died in the Jewish family and they were crying. So he's trying to say they're crying over him and he's being punished. So he's not being punished because of their crying. He's punished and they don't understand the crying that, you know, somebody good has passed and all the things, but they don't know he has been punished. So he's combining between two things. They are crying over him and they don't know he's being punished. So he said this thing, but he meant for that, that person, he is being punished and they're crying. Now you think they're crying, punished because they're crying. So this is not right. People have to understand the things in the right context. If you don't understand the context and you take general, then, you know, nothing can work. Like for example, Quran said, Kullu nafsin maut. Every nafs will taste the death. Every nafs. So you think, every nafs. And Quran also says, Yuhadzirukumullahu nafsahu. Allah warns you against his nafs. So he also has a nafs. So will Allah go and die? If you make a generalization, Allah also, Allah mentioned nafs for himself as well. Nobody said like that. Nobody can say. Allah said, Inna Allah ala kulli shani qadir. Allah has power over everything. So now somebody asks, Allah has power to make some, someone like himself? Can you raise this question? If people start doing try to understand what it means really. What the context is. Context is when he wants to do something, nobody can stop him. But in India, people have been fighting that, you know, can Allah lie? If Allah has power. Actually, had, books have been written in India. Can Allah lie? And there become two schools. But anyway, people say Allah cannot lie because they're lying so bad. They open the people say Allah can lie. If you say he cannot lie, they live in the Torah. And not only that, a copy of Deoban have written books that Allah can lie. If you say he cannot lie, you're limiting his power. He does not lie, they say, but he has power to lie. Allah says, Allah has good names. Now the people, people take, they say, Allah says, Allah ala kulla shan qadir. If you say Allah cannot lie, you're limiting his power. This understanding, very bad really. So people have to understand when Allah says Allah has power over everything. People say, can Allah make someone like the Prophet This question itself is stupid. Because the Prophet is seal of all the Prophets. So how can be two seal of the Prophet? Just think really. This question, people don't understand. You know, it's not what comes to your mind. It can be real. Mind, realities are different from the mind. Mind has possibility to jump in any, anything, real or unreal. You can make a story, somebody was flying with 10 wings, 20 wings, and I saw a furry, a fairy, and this and that. Mind can produce all these stories, but these stories don't happen really. In reality, they don't happen. Mind can jump anywhere. That's how Allah made the mind. But realities are so different to try to understand. Now, after making this thing, these two points very clear, first thing I made, that whenever you read something in Islam, which there is some problem, always compare it with the rest of teaching of Islam. Then you understand really what it belongs to. It is a, something minor, a small exception, you know. Second thing, whatever the prophets say, messengers say, it always bound to be in a context. That context you have to understand properly. Now when you read the hadith, that the prophet said, women are naqisatu aql. Decrease, they have, you know, they have defect in their reasoning and deen, religion. What does it mean? It means really in every single context. It does not fit. Because the Prophet never said, if you learn the Quran from man, then one man is fine, and from the women, you need two women. Does it like that? For learning Quran, one woman is as fine as one man. For a fatwa, did he ever say, if you ask a fatwa, you ask a man, one man, for women, two women, did he say like that? For narrating hadith, did he say like that? Did any alim say like that? 
Did ulama ever said that a hadith was narrated by a woman, we can't accept unless there are two women. Did anybody say like that? There are so many hadith where we depend on just one woman. So then that hadith cannot mean the women are defect in the mind. Because if that's the case, then everywhere should be the same thing. It should reflect. But teaching of Islam is not like that. In Islam, really, women can teach as men can teach. Women can give fatwa as men can give fatwa. You can consult a woman as you can consult. The Prophet consulted his wife, Musalma, one person, and he just for that. He went for that. Just one woman. Women can advise. So this thing you try to understand really the Prophet when he said it, it's not something general. It is a particular context. That context we must understand what is the theory where women have some defect in the thinking and the religion. Not even the religion. For example, women pray, they get same reward as the men. Quran said women fast, they get same reward. So not every part of the religion. There's something in the deen, they have defect. So in the deen and aql, they have defect. But the defect is limited to a context. It is not a general as people think. Generally in the religion, men and women both are the same. Generally in reasoning, men and women both are the same. But there are a few cases where the difference is there. The question should be, why in this limited area there is a difference? This question is good, valid question. Then I want to explain to you. First thing really is, there is no difference between men and women as being human. The difference only has been made by Allah for the sake of the family. Women are going to be mothers. For that purpose, they need to be different from the men. Because they have to be mothers. Mother who is the only reason that why Allah made men and women two different things. Otherwise, there is no need men and women. They should be the same thing. There is no other purpose. The only purpose to make difference between male and female is just motherhood, not, nothing else. And that is so clear in the Quran. And the Quran says, And in that matter, male is not like female. Because female is going to be mother. And male cannot be mother. Motherhood is actually so amazing thing. It is such so much virtue. Motherhood, mothers have so many virtues. Like one hadith, not so strong. Uh, you know, it says that paradise is underneath of the feet of the mothers. But there is strong hadith. Somebody asked in Bukhari and other, other books. Somebody asked the Prophet who deserves my bir, my obedience and my you know, service more than evil? He said, your mother, Ummuka. He said, then, he said, your mother. Then, he said, your mother. Now see, mothers are mentioned in this hadith three times before the father. And the Quran also, all the time when the Quran mentions, you know, this about the, about the parent, the Quran mentions the virtue of the mother. That she is the one who carried you in the womb and milk you milk so many times. Actually, the Quran, whenever the Quran mentions Walidain, then the Quran prefers the mother. Whenever the Quran mentions Abawain, then the father. Because Abba means responsibility. All the time you can see. Quran, when the Quran says Walidain, then meaning is the mother, then father. When the Quran says Abawain, then it means father, then the mother. So when the Quran, Quran does not say Abawain all the time. Quran always says Walidain in the context of the mother. When the Quran mentions the responsibility, and feeding and taking care, then the Quran says Abawain. But whenever it comes to you know, love, affection, or you know, you know, being born, then the word is Walidain. Because women, no doubt, they struggle so much effort, that's why they have so much reward. There is struggle really, because even more. You know what makes people to have less uh, hardship in their mind? Reason, you know, when you make a good reasoning, you said, okay, this actually makes sense. Even if I don't like it, 
but I will go for that. Reasoning always is helpful to get less suffering. You know, when, like I mentioned to you that you know, when your husband shouts, just think like you know, a dog is barking, barking, you'll be happy. Reason can make you to become happy. There were reasons. Allah SWT wanted to make a mother, and a mother actually are the one who have to look after children, not with the reason. Otherwise, Allah SWT created a mankind from the trees. You pick your child and make a hostel and they grow up there. Why he need family? They need love from the beginning of love affection. Love and affection, they don't work with the reasoning. Sometimes you need to sacrifice the reasoning for the sake of the love. Your child wants something, he wants to eat something sweet, which is going to harm him. And you want to give him something which is good for him, but he starts crying and all those things, then you love will make you okay. Do, next time I'll explain to you. This will happen because that's how Allah made the world. People will do mistakes. For that purpose, Allah wanted to make the love of the, in the women much more powerful than the reason. To reasoning, they have same like men. But what happening is, in the context of the family, their love becomes more powerful. So when one thing becomes more powerful, the other compared to it makes less. The reason does not look less in the men, because men did not have more, more love. So men's reason, reasoning is still remains the same. Because it does not change for them, but for the women, one thing becomes up. So now this becomes less effective. So when women have this, mothers actually have always this problem. The, on one side love and on one side reasoning. Generally, they go for the love. Same women, I'll tell you, same women, for other people's children, she has absolute perfect reasoning. So for example, you are a mother. For your child, your child says, no, no, my mother, I'm not feeling well, I've got a headache, I can't go to school. It's okay, son, you have rest. Then you go to somebody else's house, and the child says, I can't go to school, you know, I'm not feeling well. You say, no, no, don't listen to her. He, he, he's just making excuse. Same mother for other children will not select. Because she has full, because love there is not so, so powerful. So defect actually is a companion to this, this love. And it is big suffering for anybody. Because when you get more love, like, you know, if you have a friend, you love him more, you get more suffering. Then every time you keep thinking why he said this, it be, be, love brings always suffering. Because women got more love for the children, to, and reasoning becomes weaker compared to the love, they get more and more suffering. That's why they have so much reward, because it's big, big suffering. That's what the Prophet said. In the context of the family, when husband comes, when the children come, these places, women's uh, you know, feelings, affection, love, much more powerful than the reasoning. Reasoning is, does not decrease. But why the Prophet is defect? Because compared to the love, now it's in defect. Now they can't make good decision. The decision will be always defected. Because love does not make you to think properly. Love does not make. When love is not so much, you can think properly. This is the problem for the same woman for everything else. She has good reasoning. Nothing, no problem. But when it comes to the husband and to children, this is the problem. That word Prophet said meant by defect in the reasoning. Now the question is defect in the religion. So again, I said, everything in the religion is same for the women. Only thing is what comes in the context of the family. To, have a, to be mother, you need to have Hayd. You have to need to have nefas. Women have these two things, Hayd and nefas. Hayd and nefas only is to make them mother. Hayd is their monthly cycle, and nefas is post-birth bleeding. These two things always come in the context of the mother. So again, when bleeding is happening, they can't pray. You know, they can't fast in the month of Ramadan. They have to do qada. But everything else they can do. Zakat they can do. Hajj they can do. Everything else. Is, is, 
charity they can do good command they good they can do farming even the jihad they can do everything else on the face of they can do only they can't do two things they can't pray they, they miss those prayer they don't need qadai ribe ramadan they miss but they can do qada but still not qadai not same other so similarly when people miss these prayers they miss the prayer you don't get sin because there no no it's not your fault but you miss reward so much reward so this is missing now in this matter we if you if men have all the good deeds and women all the good deeds but men have more prayer than the women certainly they will prefer but if women have somewhere else is more than the men they will prefer but in these things women have defect women cannot pray as much as the men can pray and every prayer has so much rewards you cannot imagine it's not women's fault that has been compensated same thing like for the apostle prophet said paradise under the sword of fighters why paradise is because it is big sacrifice to big reward to save for the women because women sacrifice so to one way they lose reward but other way if they are good mothers it will be compensated allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give whatever good their children do they get reward for for their suffering this one area that actually we may have got this defect the only in the context of family and in the context of being mother motherhood nothing else but even that period they can do dhikr they can do many other good deeds maybe sometimes they do, do other good deeds it can actually compensate up to them but generally what will happen is women will not get reward of the prayers they don't get sin but they, but if they don't get reward for the prayer they can do dhikr they can read uh, quran understanding sadaqah charity millions of the things they can do nobody can stop them from from doing this so this one happened same actually in the family context also one thing happening men are made for the present women are made for the future all the time is there it is so much deep in them i'll tell you if i'm working in an office of all of here we are sitting here a snake comes out you know what all men will do all men will say for the women you leave the room we'll we'll actually do whatever we will kill the snake but you leave men always will ask women to leave in the office women fight that we should get same salary because you know we are equal to the men and this you get the same salary a man but you will see naturally if something harmful happen a lot further put their hole somebody is going deep man will say you stay i will do he will not remember though she claimed the same salary like me she has to just no naturally he he will do this thing all the time why like that why men always ask women you live and i do why this keep happening all the time why naturally this all the time in in, in the mind of the mind for the flights tell you if i i go outside and two people are fighting one is the indian and one is pakistani i just give example i'm i don't hate pakistani people just give example so i maybe naturally i support indian by man because indian but i tell you if a woman is fighting a man and the man is indian i will support the woman naturally people will side the woman they, then i will not think oh, who is indian naturally if the fight between women and between men people will support the women why because women are their future people's mind nature is women are the one who look after children they are going to grow the children you want to save them you want to keep them i die but my wife remain i die but mother of the child remain people this is so natural it always can find really people always in the danger i have seen everywhere any scorpion comes people ask women you leave i will do some sometime no doubt some women will be more brave than the men exception there but generally this what keep happening so similarly in the house when the money is there women's mind is 
the money is good for the children in the future. I keep it so in the future it can be helped. Man wants name and fame and okay, somebody wants to build a house, okay, I'll give my I've got money. You can see in Arabic poetry, always there is a dispute between man and woman. Man said, I want to give money, and wife said, no, no, don't spend money. Why women don't want to spend money? Not because they're for themselves. Women actually enjoy not to eat. If they, every, in every house I've seen really, in India especially, in our family, women are the ones who eat less, last, when nothing left, or maybe little left. Women don't do for themselves. Women, are, love, women love money for the sake of children. They look for the future. So they want money to be kept. Men don't think like that. Men, they just want to, you know, give because they want, generally that will happen. So the prophets have said that, you know, women, as he asked women, tasaddaqna, you give charity. Because he knows really they are the one who least give least. So he wants to encourage them. So you can see this hadith in the context of the family. So then he said, women are more in hellfire, meaning in this context, where Allah SWT will judge about the people on charity. That who, people who go to spend money, they go more in paradise, and those who spend less money, they will go into hellfire. In spending money, less spend, spending less money, women will be more in, in hellfire than the men. Because women are more miser in this matter than the men. So they will go more. This is this context. But in judge, day of judgment, there will be judgment also about other things. Allah also judge people who are humble, they go to paradise. People who are arrogant, they go to hellfire. Now tell me, in this context, who will go more in hellfire? Who is more? Men or women? Men. People who lie, they go to hellfire. Those who don't lie, they're fine. Tell me who lies more. Imam Dhabi said, you know, all the liars in Hadith are men. No woman has been ever lied. Though actually one quarter of Sharia actually reported by the women. There's so much Hadith from women, no woman single. So when Hadith liars will go to hellfire, is any woman going to hellfire? It's only in that, in spending money in that context, more women. But in lying, Arrogance, zulm, wrongdoing. Tell me who, who does wrong more. All the women keep coming, their husband wrongs them. So more women go to hellfire or more women? So when judgment will be about zulm, more men go to hellfire. When judgment will be about arrogance, more men go to hellfire. When judgment will be about lying, more men cheating, deceiving. Like all the rulers, mostly they are men. Who is Pharaoh? Men or women? Pharaoh, Haman, Karun, Namrud, all the things you can see really, all the men. So when this judgment will happen, Zulman, Takabur, Istikbar, men will go. People forget another hadith in Muslim, by Abu Radha women will be double of the number of the men in paradise. That people forget. So generally, actually, women will double. If you take as a whole, if you take that contest, then women are more in spending money. But generally, women are double. So one of them, Allah has created freshly, but at least they equal. Generally, men and women both are equal in paradise and hellfire. Not, nobody will go to paradise and hellfire because of men or women. For that, but in that context, certainly, in spend, when it comes to the context of spending money, then more women go to hellfire compared to the men. But look at other things. Zulm, lying, wrongdoing, injustice, arrogance. In those cases, more men. So people don't look at those things. When Allah, Allah, Allah curses on the liars, who is being cursed? More men. When Allah does not like, Allah says, Inna Allah Why you don't look at that? Who is more ghalim? Men or women? Men. People are only, to women, are, there are hadiths of women as well, but also there are hadiths so many for men. You know, when hadith said, anybody who makes a trouser below his ankle, they go to, it goes to hellfire. It hadith said in Sahih Bukhari. It's for men or for women? For men. Women actually are allowed to make it below the ankle. Actually, they should do. That's how women used to do, you see.
So there are so many men will go to hellfire because their trousers are below the ankle. But no single woman will go to hellfire for that purpose. Men will go to hellfire because they wear gold. But women will go, will they go to hellfire? No. When judgment will happen, the people who wear gold, they will go to hellfire. Who will go? Men. People who wear silk, you know, they will punish. But, but women also wear silk. Silk will happen something with them? No. Women wear silk, nothing will happen to them. Men wear punishment will happen. Look at the Islam properly. Comparable to, you know, certainly if you look only one case, sometimes will happen, but Islam is comprehensive. And I always try to make a, this effort, I always understand all realities and all commands of Allah, all creation, they're connected. Don't study any reality in isolation. Always study them in all, all the things together. Then it makes more sense. Islam as a whole will make sense. If you take one thing from Islam, it will be a problem. Is it clear? So I think I answered oh yeah, one hadith left. When the Prophet said, people will not succeed if those people who have made women their leader. Now people think, see, women cannot be leader. Look in the Quran itself. The Quran has praised for women who was the leader. She was the you know, queen of her people. And the Quran actually praised her intelligence. The Quran actually refers her sentences. The Quran no criticism for her. She was the leader of the people. There is no criticism for, for, for that woman. And in Islam, women have been leaders. In India, one of the you know, sultana and queen was Radia Sultana. She ruled India you know, for a while. And then actually two good, very pious ladies, Indian rulers, Nawab Shah Jahan Begum, her daughter in Bhopal, and one of them was the wife of uh, the biggest of India, Nawab Siddiq Hassan Khan, big man who wrote hundreds of the books. So his wife is the ruler. He is not a problem. And she is the ruler. She was, so, she was so good, really. All the good Indian projects, like Sirtu Nabi, Maura Shibli wrote Sirtu Nabi, that is the best book in India on Sirtu Nabi. It was actually sponsored by this lady. She was a ruler and she sponsored. And many of them made mother, son, all those things. It is actually this hadith in a context. Context is the people of Persia, you know, this ruler. He, when the letter of the person came, he, he just took the letter and he, you know, he tore it in you know, pieces. Prophet became angry that, you know, may Allah you know, tears off their, their kingdom as they did. And then when he died, his daughter became the king. The person said, these people, you know, after being all that anyway, they can't succeed. He's saying about these people. Not all the people who make their women the leader. These people, you know, making women leader, they're not going to succeed. About these people, not everywhere else. Other than Aisha Latranha, she led. The reason she repented, not because it's not allowed for her to lead, because she was with the wrong people. The Prophet has said that you will be with the wrong people. So she was against Ali Latranho. That was her mistake. Her mistake was not to lead the army. All the companies they fought, they didn't have a problem. Zubair bin Awam, Ashraf Bashar, they are fighting with her. Her mistake, nobody said that she is leading. Her mistake was she was wrong with wrong people. So if a woman is a leader and she is wrong, certainly it is a mistake. But Allah will forgive her. But if she is right, she will find. So, you know, always try to understand the context of the people. That hadith is not a general. Now, actually, I have seen in England so bad. People ask me, some Islamic societies in London, that, you know, the woman, a woman, people want to select her uh, as president of the society. Can women become president? So I said, what's the problem with that? They said, this hadith. I don't understand really what to do with this hadith, with, with the women being president. If a woman can run the Islamic society better than the men, that's fine. What's the problem with that? You know, Umar the Latranho, in his time, he wanted to appoint someone as the supervisor of the market. Medina was actually most sophisticated market in the whole world, because it's the capital of Islam and uh, all big empire. And in Medina, there were people like Ali Nabi Talib, Uthman, 
بيبول ابو بيبول لايك عبد الرحمن عوفي بيج بيج بيبول كامبيلز تينكر سينو زيد بن ثابت او بيج بن كاب اور ذا فقهاء الصحابه بس عمر ابوينتد ا ليدي شفاء بنت عبد الله العدويه از سوبرفايزر ذا مدينه ماركت مدينه هي ابوينت ها بيكوز شي كان دو عمر اولسو وانتيد تو ميك سم بادي هو كان جو ان ذا مدينه to command the good of forbid the evil to evil does not does not spread in 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 the city he could make any any man but one woman her name subaya umar umar gave her a, you know stick to so she used to go in the, around in the city in that city if something wrong she even used to hit people he made a woman the women can't do this job why they making them they used to fight they go war or all these things happen so that hadith for a context if a woman can do something better there no harm in that really if a woman actually more qualified than a man certainly she should do you know thing really if the two class happening a woman is teaching arabic grammar and a man is teaching but the woman is more qualified and i have a daughter a son for example i want to study certainly i would prefer the woman i'm not going to say oh, the man should learn from the man no she is more qualified she he should learn from her all the people do people used to come to madina from all over the world but they used to come to learn from aisha there are so many companions white aisha first thing will be aisha big big people intelligent clever people from kufa aswad al alqama when they come to madina first thing will be aisha but she is a woman why they study for a woman because she is more qualified and the companions used to say the ma ashkala alaina nahnu sahaba rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know whenever any difficulty came to ask companions we used to ask aisha and she has solution solution the people also ask her then no problem so you try to understand you know to this actually all the time people keep missing all these hadith any teaching in islam they are part of a whole to so study in the in keeping that whole in mind second thing is whatever the prophet said it always bound to context even the quran when the quran says something don't take it independent of the context that big problem people do really many the quran actually commands but it is in certain context same thing i i explained when i was teaching surah al-maida tafsir many people think a man can marry a christian and jewish lady ahlu kitab it is actually with the condition quranic context is it is in those time when men islam is a complete and islam has got the power society belong to muslim in that context if people of the book come to muslim house more likely they become muslim and children are muslim not in those contexts where the law is not islamic and society not islamic actually then in those contexts more likely men will become follower so that i said uh, though i don't go such clear fatwa for, for, but i always say encourage people men in england or men in anywhere now in the world in saudi arabia they should not marry any christian or jewish women for first thing this thing because you know it, it not, the command is not meant for our time it is for another time second thing is if muslim men marry christian or jewish women to what will happen to the muslim women if 5% men marry non muslim women then 5% women will left without any husband what will do with that then you have to give new fatwa they also can marry non muslim men we have to solve the problem so for these two reasons i always give fatwa that muslim men should not marry muslim uh, non muslim women if they we ask them then we also can ask women not to marry non muslim men